You know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a fraction of what they really have? The streaming service actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only about 6,000 of those are available in the good old US of A. That means you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows. Unless, of course, you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location, protecting your devices from unwanted snooping and allowing you to control where streaming services and other websites think you're located. There are over 100 different locations to choose from, which means you have access to thousands of new shows and movies no matter where you live. This doesn't just work with Netflix, it works with Disney+, Hulu, Max, a UK streamer called BBC iPlayer, and more. I was on a work trip in the UK during the final season of Game of Thrones, and I tried logging into my HBO account to watch a new episode, but the technology wouldn't let me because of geoblocking. And I wish I had this app at that moment, because I now realize how incredibly easy it is to work around that problem. Here's a more recent example. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not streaming on Netflix in the US, but I just fired up the episode where Dennis tries to have a peaceful mental health day, and technology keeps interrupting his plans. All I had to do was open ExpressVPN, connect to a UK server, refresh Netflix, and the show just popped up. It's super easy. I've also heard good things about that show called Billions, but I've never been a Showtime subscriber, so I've never seen it. But it's actually available right now on Netflix in South Korea, and with ExpressVPN, it took five seconds to switch over and start checking it out. With ExpressVPN, you get high-quality streaming from devices like your phone, laptop, tablet, and TV, and crucially, it protects your privacy and security to keep your information safe from hackers. Stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you all three extra months free when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash slash film. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slash film to get three extra months completely free. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Thursday, May 5th, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Home Editorial Director Peter Soretta. Joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film editor brad omen hey that's me brad i'm back yesterday i lost my voice thank you uh for you and ben taking over the reins and doing the moon Knight podcast i i still have not seen it i was out all yesterday i just like slept through the day i was trying to get over this cold which i thought was i thought i had beat it brad but then i went out one day and uh all the activity just like taught me that i i had not I had not beaten it, but I, I have been testing negative, so it's not COVID. So that's, that's good. good news. Yes. That is good. <laughs> um, okay. We, we have only a little bit of uh, news today, but let's get into it. Let's talk about it. it it's uh, half of it's like Marvel heavy, or actually most of it's Marvel heavy. Um, okay. So, first off, you know, Kevin Feige is doing press for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And, uh, you know, no spoilers for that film. But uh, Kevin Feige has finally confirmed what we have suspected. And this isn't a spoiler for that film because this isn't something that's confirmed in that film. It's not confirmed anywhere, actually, except for this interview uh, on the red carpet for the Doctor Strange premiere. He was, uh, well, I'll read you the quote. He says, quote, 
There's always a method to the madness, even in the multiverse. And for Marvel fans who knew that Loki and Sylvie did something at the end of that series that sort of allowed all of this to happen. He who remains is gone. And that allowed the spell to go wrong in Spider-Man No Way Home, which leads to the multiverse going quite mad in this film. So I, 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 you know, Brad, you and me have speculated about this, you know, when we were talking about Loki, the series and how this would all connect to, to everything. I think it's cool that it, it has been confirmed now that, you know, the events of that Loki finale have led to what has happened in, uh, you know, what's going to happen in multiverse madness of madness and um, what happened in no way home. But it, like I said before, there's nowhere in those movies that that is even alluded to. Do you think yeah. we'll ever get like a confirmation of this in the films? Or do you think like, this is one of those things like, Oh, if you saw the TV show, you know, you can kind of read between the lines of why things are going haywire or like, do you think we'll actually get some kind of confirmation? Because like in Dr. Strange, we do get, you know, mentions of one division and stuff. So it's not like Marvel is not wanting to, incorporate the tv shows into the movies yeah i mean that's that's true but like um yeah it, it is kind of frustrating anyway, that this kind of detail has to be like confirmed by kevin feige and maybe that's just because we haven't reached a point where there's been enough uh discussion among the characters of the marvel cinematic universe regarding these things happening as a and any effort to figure out why all of a sudden this is happening more often so it's interesting to note that like what Loki and Sylvie did has caused the multiverse, you know, to become, I guess, maybe more un unstable or, or even just simply the existence of it, I guess, which is why now, you know, Dr. Strange accidentally unleashed the multiverse in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home and why so many crazy things happen in multiverse of madness regarding, you know, all these different universes. So I, I, I do wonder though, I feel like there has to be a point, especially probably, after Kang the Conqueror shows up, maybe even with multiple variants appearing, that there has to be like one of those Avengers meetings, you know, where they sit around and be like, all right, what are we dealing with? And we're like, well, this happened here. Now this has happened, um, you know, kind of similar to when they all talked about like the Infinity Stones or, and like planning their, their time travel heist and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, maybe there will be a more formal explanation about like how this worked and like what happened. Because I imagine maybe one of the driving forces of this new phase will be uh stopping the multiverse from wreaking so much havoc maybe pretend, maybe trying to you know repair it so that things aren't so unstable and the um but yeah it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how this moves forward because my i think my biggest concern right now is that a lot of this multiverse stuff has the potential to be get out of hand really quickly and not even in a confusing way even though some of it is confusing but just because like there's so much that can happen and so much going on that like it's it's going to get even harder <laughs> to to enjoy pieces of the Marvel Cinematic Universe without enjoying everything, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. But I will say that I do like what they've done so far with these TV shows and how it kind of like, you know, I feel like if you have not watched Loki, the TV show, you are not missing out on anything like you are experiencing it from the point of view of Dr. Stranger experiencing from the point of view of Spider-Man and, you know, eventually if what you theorize is correct. And I think that you're probably right because, you know, obviously 
you know, the actor that plays King the Conqueror is going to be in Ant-Man, right? So yeah. Quantumania. Uh, so I think eventually we're going to have to have some mention of what happened in Loki, uh, those events. But, like, it will be almost, to people that just watch the movie, it will be almost like learning from the characters on the, you know, in, in, in the Earth 616 about this and you could go and watch loki and that's like the backstory you know what i mean like that's like the the prequel they you, you don't necessarily need but it if you saw it it like makes it uh richer it gives it more depth i think which is kind of cool um but i do hope they do mention it i do hope that you are right and it's not just like a uh, completely glossed over um the other thing i wanted to mention because we're talking about uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is the, you know, it's been reported that they did a lot of reshoots for this film. I, I know with Marvel films, they usually don't do a lot of test screenings. And Brad, I can, I, I can let, I, I know a dozen people who have seen test screens of this, uh, of this movie. Like they've been test screening like crazy, uh, different cuts of the movie and then going back and reshooting um so what is going on here with uh the reshoots for multiverse of madness so in this case i mean so marvel typically now and, and every movie really has done this especially when it comes to major blockbusters they do plan out a time uh to do reshoots because they know they're going to encounter things in the editing room that maybe aren't working stuff that they didn't quite get or you know things that require just a little bit more uh finesse but in this case uh because there's so much happening in multiverse of madness it seems like Maybe the movie and the story and all of the multiverse madness was a little too confusing and they had to do uh, some reshoots in order to make it a little bit more palpable for audiences because uh, Sam Raimi recently talked about the reshoots they had to do and uh, he said a lot of it came down to the test screenings like you mentioned. Uh, Sam Raimi said, quote, there's a lot of points where the audience says, I don't understand this. I don't understand this concept or I'm aware of this concept. And then you explain it again in the third act. Uh, um, and so it's it's different stuff and just figuring out exactly how much you have to tell the audience, what the audience already knows, what you can assume or hope that they can figure out on their own without really spelling it out for them. Uh, and so it's it seemed like there was just a lot of like guess and check of figuring out exactly how much the audience was able to take in when you have such, you know, a movie with multiple universes and uh, a lot of primary characters too, you know, even though it's a Dr. Strange movie, you know, there are several prominent characters who are integral important throughout the entire story. So uh, it seemed like there was just a lot of stuff that they needed to really hone in and figure out what worked best for the, the final cut of the movie. Yeah. I think once everybody sees the film, you could probably understand where questions could arise um, it, like without having certain like lines of dialogue and like, you know, there's characters that appear um, from other multiverses and, you know, you know, I mean, it, it gets complicated and uh, yeah, it, it does seem like it's probably a, an interesting puzzle for Sam Remy to have put together. But uh, what would you say? You've seen the film, right, Brad? Yeah. Would you say, I mean, you're you're a very Marvel versed person. Was any of it uh, to you um, unclear? Um, no. But again, like I, I do have the benefit of like really being well versed in Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, and like I've rewatched these movies a bunch of times. I, I pay attention to a lot of like the development and the stories, and you know, look up comic information and things like that. So I'm probably not like the best gauge as far as like general audiences. 
but like I feel like I don't know it's interesting I've talked to some people who have seen this and they some people feel like if you haven't seen uh WandaVision because you know Wanda Maximoff is part of the story that you might be totally lost but I actually think that's not the case potentially to the detriment of the existence of WandaVision and itself um, and I, I won't say anything more than that because, but like, I uh, people I think when they see the sh- uh, the movie, I think they'll they'll have to like figure out themselves, you know, whether or not it like it works uh, if you haven't seen Wandavision or if it's I, it's definitely better if you have, but I think that there's enough done in the movie that it's not necessarily required to give it that much more uh, emotional depth. But having said that, um the the multiverse stuff in itself you know can be confusing but but i think spider-man no way home kind of paved the way to like explaining that um you know by giving us the multiple spider-men with toby Maguire and andrew garfield so that we understand that there are you know different versions uh of these these characters out there yeah no i, I would have to agree with you there with the wandavision stuff i feel like if you haven't seen that show i'm not sure I, I mean, they do try to make it clear what her motivations and stuff are, but I don't know. It, it's kind of weird from the last time we saw her in the movies, right? Like the yes, jump to I, her now. And yeah, and with and without necessarily like diving into specifics, part of me actually thinks that this movie, um, like 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 I said, has the potential to weaken Wandavision in a way, and it makes me worry that even though some of the things that are happening in these Marvel TV shows feel integral to the larger MCU, um, I worry that some of it will just be like glossed over and like easily pushed away. be like, okay, but we're here now. So don't worry about that anymore. (laughs) Okay. Well, we can have a spoiler episode about Dr. Strange maybe next week at some point and, and when everybody has seen it. Uh, but, uh, before we go any further, we, we did mention, uh, Spider-Man no way home, uh, you know, that was another movie affected by the multiverse. And uh, there was a story that came out recently. This one's actually kind of funny. China, well, okay, this comes from Puck News. And according to them, China reportedly asked Sony to remove the Statue of Liberty from Spider-Man, Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, you know, we don't have the actual request. We don't know the official justification of for the request. Um, it's likely probably less to do about the physical statue and more to do with, you know, what the statue represents as a symbol of freedom, democracy, liberty, and justice. You know, China all the time when uh, films from um, uh, from the USA play over there, the Chinese government all the time requests that they make changes usually it's like you know taking out a line about a character being gay or you know something having to do things things that defy authority or like don't present china in a good light yes um but here i mean if you haven't seen spider-man no way home the whole climactic uh sequence of the film revolves around the statue of liberty and uh I wonder, do do you think even Sony even considered this? Because I'm not sure. Is there a way that you could have, like, because getting your film in China 
I mean, this film and what it made, uh, you know, worldwide without China, it's not like they're hurting at all. It's one of the biggest films of all time. Yeah. But if they had China in that mix, that could have been, what, hundreds of millions of dollars more? Which makes me wonder, would they have spent, you know, 10, 20 million dollars of visual effects to turn the Statue of Liberty into like a New York City high rise? Like, could there could they have spent the money to augment it? Do you think they even considered that? I sincerely doubt it because that's like that's a drastic <laughs> overhaul. Like, I mean, because there's there's really no structure that you could use that would like work in the same way because like it's done in, in that fashion because you know it's it's this iconic location and they're do, they they've integrated something MCU uh, specific to the Statue of Liberty by you know constructing Captain America's shield on it. Um, and then on top of that, you like, you have this, yeah, you can't put that on like the empire state building or something like that. And and on top of that, like, I think a a big part of the reason that you have the climax set there is, uh, the reason a lot of blockbusters have been doing this lately is because, uh, Ellis Island is just in the middle of, you know, water. It's surrounded by water. So you can have all this big action and not worry about hurting, uh, you know, average citizens are creating a huge amount of destruction, you know, like it's uh, the, the Statue of Liberty has all these scaffoldings and stuff around it. And so like, you can't really easily replace that environment or, you know, set it in a different area to get that same effect, you know, and there are shots where like, Brad, China doesn't care about the destruction of civilians. They care about <laughs> uh, symbols of liberty and justice and democracy. It's true. It's true. And now our our podcast has been banned in China. <laughs> um, I also think that they would have gotten, uh, even if they were willing to consider making they some changes, a huge backlash from yeah. from people. Like, because like you're really bowing down to like the requests of you know uh, a, a very oppressive country. Yeah, that, I don't think there was an, at any point that they were even like seriously discussing doing that. But um, again. Uh, you know, this is one of the one of the movies that didn't hurt from not getting a China a Chinese release. It, it is one of the biggest films of all time. Um, okay, we have one last story for today uh, that a new Jackass series is in development. Apparently, uh, over at Paramount Plus, they're working on bringing Jackass back. Uh, we don't really have much to go on. Uh, beyond the fact that they are currently working with the creators of the show to develop a new series. But apparently this is inspired off of the uh, success of Jackass Forever, reviving the franchise. Um, so we're, since they're talking with creators, we're assuming that you know Johnny Knoxville and Jeff Tremaine uh, are involved with the series. Maybe even producer Spike Jones, who has also been involved with the film franchise as well. Um, but yeah, otherwise we don't really know what's going to happen. I, I have a feeling if the show comes back that... They, it won't involve a lot of the original cast as often as um, they or as at least as prominently as they are in the movies, because a lot of them are older now. They can't really endure as much. You know, Knoxville himself has even said, you know, that this is probably like the, the last round. So if anything, maybe like people like Knoxville and Steven and stuff like that will like serve as co-hosts or like pop up occasionally. But they have like a, a new you know assembly of younger cast members that were introduced in Jackass Forever. And I feel like they could easily be like the main stars of the show um, and like help uh, carry the torch. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, because Jackass Forever to me felt almost like a send off. Yeah. Like if, uh, for the Jackass series, it felt like this is the, you know, the end of this group of friends who have been doing 
this to their bodies, to each other, to themselves. And uh, it almost seems weird to do a Jackass series with them. But I could totally see them as being like, you know, commentators or they like set up the situation. Like they set up a prank for someone. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not the one uh, being physically hurt by, by the situations. Uh, so you could involve them in that way. But I guess the question I have then is were the new cast good enough to hold up their own show? I know this is on Paramount Plus, this is on, uh, on MTV or whatever, but do you think they're good enough on their own to to carry a new show? I think it's possible. It largely depends on how, you know, involved I think the original cast is because that's a that's a big draw, but there there were some, you know, uh impressive and fun new people in the cast. I think that guy who goes by Poopies uh, was particu- <laughs> particularly funny and he was willing to do a lot of wild stuff uh, and they also have a female cast member who was introduced Rachel Wolfson which was refreshing to see and I think that would be cool to see how she fares in the, the regular series setting um, and so I think if you you know if you get to see them a lot more and get to spend more time with them then fans you know could latch onto them but I feel like you definitely need that original cast involved in some capacity even if like they only participate in one stunt or if they're just there to like oversee what happens and be there to like laugh along and like set up stuff, then, you know, I, I would like to see it work. I, I would, I wouldn't mind seeing more of this, uh, you know, silly stupidity. Yeah. And we, we also and, have, and I also, I also want to say, I hope, and if there's anybody at Paramount or MTV, what have you listening, that this inspires them to do a proper home video release of the entire Jackass series, because that has not, been done yet they've only released three volumes that are more like best of collections rather than every episode from every season so i'm sure that there's some music rights uh problems that are holding that back but it would be nice nice to have a proper box set even if it means replacing some of the music um so yeah just just putting that out there and paramount plus is or wait is it paramount plus or netflix is getting another one of those jackass like 4.5s or something yeah yeah netflix is getting that that's crazy that Netflix is getting it and not Paramount Plus. You'd think Paramount would want to promote their own streaming service. I mean, Jackass has been in the works that forever was in the works yeah. for like a while before that, and so I wonder if they struck that deal with Netflix before Paramount Plus was officially like you know going to be a, a bigger thing. Oh yeah, wasn't this Jackass? Most of it was shot before COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that that makes sense. Paramount Plus wasn't even an idea at that point. So, Um, okay, Uh, you can read more of all the stories we've talked about on today's podcast on SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at SlashFilm.com. And please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.